Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we have part two of my interview with Ron Highfield, professor of theology at Pepperdine University, and we're continuing our, our discussion of how we think our way through the issues surrounding COVID-19. So how do we think through the relationship between faith and uh, science and government and uh, the power of God at work in the world and these different things. So I hope you find it helpful. I hope that if you haven't listened to part one, that you'll take the opportunity to do that. And I hope this encourages your faith today. God bless. You know, the, uh, I, th- I think there's a general sense among at least like our folks at, at New Vintage are pretty, uh, are, are, we're, we're kind of bipolar in this, in this sense, very easygoing people. Um, and, and so we've tried to do things that, that actually kind of begin to turn ourselves outward, uh, a little bit. And, and I know I have a lot of friends that are doing things, you know, whether they're helping with food banks and things like that. Our, our approach has been a little bit different in that, um, we have a lot of, of people that we care a lot about who are running businesses that are under great strain right now Uh, because again we they've been out for two months they've been shut down there's really not a lot on the horizon or they went from i mean their whole if you're a small business owner the incarnational aspect for you if i can use put that in air quotes there is is important you know it's how you relate to your customers and and things and so they feel like you know hey it's just not if i go drop my food is not good enough to go drop on the curb and and then have somebody drive home 30 minutes and and have it go on and they pour their whole life into these things, whether it's a coffee house or it's a mm-hmm. ice cream shop or a, or a clothing store or whatever these things are. Um, is it right? I, I have some opinions on this, but I'd like to hear yours. Is it right for a person to feel bad about making less money? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Jesus said, don't worry about what you will eat. But he did say, your father knows you need these things. Yeah. <laughs> and God does know what we need these things. And I feel, I, I feel not only for people who are ill, I feel for people whose livelihoods is threatened. And I, I, I don't hear that being taken as seriously as I would like. And I'm, I'm glad that you're pastoring and, and, and helping uh, encourage uh, business owners and restaurant workers and hotel workers and others who are really just uh, out of, uh, of work. And it's a tremendous burden. Uh, so there's a hidden cost here that I'm very concerned about. And I, I also am appreciative of your outward focus because many people find this a greater challenge than other people do. And if those of us who are feeling okay psychologically and we're coping could reach out to those who are really shut in, really older, super seniors, or those who are ill, and we could reach out to them on the phone or in a note or a letter or um, visit with them at a distance, uh, that would be a tremendous uh, a blessing to them in this time. I'm so glad you're thinking that way. Yesterday we we uh, we did this as kind of a Mother's Day thing, but we we in honor of the moms, we bought a hundred pints of gelato 
ice cream. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd let people come pick them up. Uh, and, and then for the people that, that aren't able to get out of their house or they're geographically remote, that's another piece of our, our dynamic is you got a lot of people that, that would love to come do it. Um, you know, so we, we took, we, we created our own little joy bus of ice cream and drove them around and knocked on the door and, and just left them there so they could get them and everything. And, yeah. you know, just trying to help encourage people kind of as we go. Yeah. And, um, I know undoubtedly there are some people out there, um, that, that probably look at the overall, um, way that we're deciding to, to approach this, which is a little bit through the, uh, more of the joy lens than the, the lament lens. Yes. Um, because I hear it in some of the, uh, pastor friends that I've got. In fact, the call I was just on, um, you know, the, there was a high priority set on, make sure that you're basically uh, lamenting this enough uh, as you go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, lament's one of those hard things because some people, when, when uh, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that, that if, if, when you're, when you're trying to maintain an atmosphere of hope and the tension between, Hey, what's going on right now is really, really tough and it's okay to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, while at the same time helping people understand, Hey, uh, there's a, God is still moving in the world, yeah. that there's a lot of good going on, and we want to be part of that, of what God is doing in the world. Um, it, it can be very difficult to, to um, I'll, I, I guess, just help people go, there's lament, and then there's, I'm, I'm either wallowing a lot in self-pity, or I'm entering a self-destructive spiral that that is taking me down the drain <laughs> to where it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning. I... I just can't, you know, and, and you walk around completely with a gray cloud over your head all the time. So when, you know, I guess the reason I asked you that question, particularly for business owners, is there, there seems to be a fair amount of, um, in my experience right now online, particularly uh, judgment of what people are, ought to be sad about and what they ought to be uh, happy about. And, and happiness and joy is an extremely short supply right now. And yeah. so if we can do that, uh, by going around just so what, one of the things we've been doing is just going to the area of businesses that we, we know are under some strain and simply just directing the church to go eat there on one night. And so we, there was a local, uh, burger place that, that we know is, um, you know, got its hands full right now. And so we sent, uh, you know, a hundred different families there to order burgers for the night and it gets the, you know, it's, it's, it can be a little bit expensive to do that, but, uh, it's in some ways, it's an amazing hamburger, by the way, if you ever come back down here, we'll have to hit it up, but, um, they, it's a fantastic burger place. But if, if, if you can do that, these little acts of, of helping people understand that even if it's difficult right now, we want you to know that God's people care about you. Um, and that it's not to say that, that we don't care about everybody or, um, but we've gotten to this point. It feels like to me in society where, uh, no good deed goes uncriticized, not just unpunished, but uncriticized. And Mm -hmm. that if, you know, well, why didn't you do it for this business instead of that? But what we've, we've realized is that, uh, we actually now have a waiting list for this thing that we do once a week where we basically direct the church at a particular business, uh, and we have a waiting list now of area businesses that have contacted us that want 
that particular yeah. lifeline thrown to them. And our hope is that it builds that bridge yeah. between the secular and the sacred and, and God's people and, and the community around yeah. us. And, and without a real, you know, agenda other than we, we think it's a constructive way to help bless our city and bless some people who are still trying to put yeah. food on their own table. So, um, you know, have you, I guess, what I'm trying to get down to with, with some of this, um, this question is basically how bad is it okay to feel? That's a terrible sentence, but the tension between hope and lament, um, how ought a Christian to feel right now? Well, I have to say that during this time, I have not been receptive of too much of the lament. It seems like pastors have a kind of a support group mentality and a overdoing the um, it's okay to feel bad uh, theme. And of course, if you face a, a, a challenge, it's going to be a challenge and you're going to feel a loss. I understand that. Uh, and I also understand you don't want to sing happy songs to a sad person, mm -hmm. as the proverb says. But on the other hand, um, our faith does. It's the bottom line is optimistic. It's not sad. It is triumphant. It is we're going to get through this. We are in this together. And I really, really love what you're doing, patronizing those businesses. That is a tremendous thing to do. It gives your people something to do. Uh, to encourage people. It also, as you say, it br bridges over. It's a positive thing. And although I think that we shouldn't, uh, you know, tell a sad person, look at the happy side of it. You know, there's going to be good come out of this. Nevertheless, there is good coming out of it. Why is that so? And why do I know it so? Because Romans 8, 31 says, in God, uh, in God works in all things to bring good to those who love him. Good will come out of this. Uh, it doesn't mean that everything about it is good and that we can't uh, weep with those who weep. Jesus wept, but Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And that's the bottom line. The weeping is going to end. So, um, yeah, I believe I... I do emphasize the positive side. And on just the little thing that my wife and I do, we have a cleaning service, a, a wonderful lady and her helpers who come to our house, um, you know, twice a month. And of course they have not been able to do that. And we have continued to pay them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just a little thing we can do our income has not been, it's been reduced a little bit, but not much, but we can afford that. And this, this lady, she lives from paycheck to paycheck. And I think those little things um, create goodwill. They, they're good things we can do in this time. And, uh, you know, the strong can help the weak and the weak are sometime going to be strong and, and help others. So I, I, I think I hear what you're saying and I agree with it. 
Yeah, I think it's a, you know, one of the other side benefits that I'm not sure that we really saw coming. It was an unintended consequence, but it was a good one, which is we actually run into each other in person when we're at these places. And so it may seem like a really small thing, but when you haven't seen the people that you care about most in the world, even if they're behind a face mask, they, it's just good to see their eyes. You, you recognize those eyes. Yeah. And, uh, and to be able to, some of them will show up and they'll have their New Vintage Church ball caps on or they'll have their shirts on or they'll have whatever and, and just say hi. And you kind of squint and occasionally they'll pull the mask up so you can see who they are. But it's just so good to see them when you haven't had the blessing of actual live fellowship with people. Mm-hmm. And then even on the weekends for us right now, uh, we might talk to them on the chat stream or something, but we don't have the, uh, that's, that's just different than seeing them. So we don't even get to see them in a zoom square like you and I are doing right now. Uh, and so those little, those little blessings that God kind of has given us that are unintended, I think yeah. have been, have been huge for us. Um, uh, the converse of that is, uh, because people are anxious in general, they tend to, uh, I think, you know, take, take, the opportunity to be a little bit critical of people or whatever, because they're just anxious and they don't know. Um, so, so maybe let's take the shift over into the realm of dealing with our, our political foes or our, our enemies or whatever. I kind of preferred the hopeful wavelength we were on there, but um, for all the, all the, uh, the people that, that don't like joy and happiness, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. I'm just kidding. Those of you who are cynical among <laughs> us, they're listening to this podcast, but if you could, uh, um, you know, let's say, what do you, what do you, what's the best way to respond to people when, when they either are doing harm to somebody on, I'm, I'm talking predominantly about social media and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, when you see people online either doing harm, maybe they're spreading just absolutely, uh, irresponsible stuff, yeah. uh, or they're intentionally trying to trigger people or, or, they trigger you. You're, you're just going, okay, I'm not letting that one slide. Yeah. Uh, you know, is, is there a Christian ethos to social media in the current time in which we're living? Mm-hmm. I know there is, but um, what might it be, Ron? <laughs> well, you know, my, my philosophy of social media is that for some reason, it is about the worst forum <laughs> to discuss uh, matters that polarize, that, that uh, are controversial. And I basically, I, I don't just simply never go on, but I don't listen in very much because it just seems to me to not be productive. And um, when I do, I try to uh, say something positive, or if I'm going to um, say something theological, it will be general enough that it gets to the real issue rather than just being an emotional uh, thing. Um, Because when I just see so much name calling and things that you would, they, that persons would probably never do in person. Um, there's a kind of a, it's almost like being on the freeway. 
uh, and screaming at someone in the other car, you know, uh, when they can't hear you. Um, but they can hear you <laughs> on social media. So, and it lives forever. And like it, once it's there, man, you can't get rid of it. It's, uh, there's always a way to dig up your old posts and stuff. And, it, and it's, it, I, I might have had some high moments there over the years, but, but boy, I've got a lot more lows. Uh, you know, my lower bound on, <laughs> on where, how bad I can be. Or, yeah. uh, you know, I wish, I wish my lower bound was a little bit higher. Um, but, but keep going. I mean, you know, that, that was great. The illustration of yelling at somebody on the freeway. <laughs> uh, you haven't done that before, have you? Uh, maybe I have, but, yeah, it's, but, but it's, uh, a, it's an apt illustration. It really yeah. is. So, so when we're, when we're talking to people online, you said you don't go on a whole lot. And when you do, you try to do something positive. Yeah. How, what do we do with these people, uh, Ron, whether it's us or somebody else that, uh, I think, let me put it this way. I think we should treat people online like we would treat them in person. If we would just, if that would be one ethical principle. And I think most of the time we wouldn't criticize someone, you know, in person. We would, we would probably try to encourage each other and be patient with each other and find ways to be constructive. I find personally the best thing, the reason I'm even stay on Facebook is because it is a way where people I've known in the past and people are scattered all over the world. We can actually say, you know, I became a granddaddy today mm -hmm. or I heard you were sick and I'm really want to pray for you. I just wish we could limit ourselves to those kind of things because uh, I've, I learned a long time ago something, and that is one negative word can erase a hundred positive words. And I know there's a time to confront people, but we should do it with great care because each of us, all of us, have our tender in our souls. And a word of criticism can go really deep. And so I think we should be very, very careful. Uh, and again, treat people online as you would in person and use the medium of online to do good. And I, I just don't think it does good to um, debate online. It, it's rare that it does good to debate in person. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth right there. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I, I think generally what I try to do is find something I have in common and start there. Even if someone has criticized me, I want to say, well, you know, maybe you have a point here. And build positive. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes people will you know, mellow a little bit. Um, I, but I, I do think it's a, um, wow, people don't forget it. I mean, I know there are some people that you have, uh, I haven't done this, but I know some people who have, who have harsh words at their brothers and sisters that they actually meet then Sunday morning. 
<laughs> and say hello and maybe don't talk about that interchange that they had but it but it's in their mind all right last 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 one on this particular kind of subject so one, one of the things that i've been wrestling with myself is um, when something goes on in the world the obligation that some people feel like they they have to speak out or they uh, something's going wrong uh, or they're a bad person or whatever if you didn't Oh, if something goes on that somebody perceives, for instance, to be unjust, um, then, then, uh, well, you know, where are you? Why aren't you speaking out on this? Um, where are you on the tension between sometimes, uh, maybe taking a moment to pause and reflect on or let more details come out versus going ahead and being, um, you know, to represent the other, you know, maybe the other, the side other than the way I would feel, um, fairly to, uh, you know, I guess just to be very quick in response and uh, because, because when something goes on, that's very, um, very tragic or very unjust or, or uh, that people ought to be outraged about, I'll put that in air quotes. Um, you know, one of the things that I've observed is that the way things are being reported these days, I can almost guarantee you more is going to come out. <laughs> and so I can't trust what's been said. And I wish I could. And if I did, and I knew that what I was getting was as close to the gospel truth as existed. Yeah. Uh, I think I would probably do it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is I just know uh, that the uh, better odds are better than not, that, that something else is going mm -hmm. to come out. And when it does, I want to make my comment with all mm -hmm. the facts as opposed to just just saying, hey, I'm upset. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go rail against people. Mm -hmm. uh, the other reason that I tend to not do it a lot is because um, I'm when I'm upset is not when I'm usually at my best. So mm -hmm. if I am upset or I'm unsettled or I am upset by something, sometimes the way I demonstrate that is to say nothing about it. Mm -hmm. um, I learned uh, a long time ago, uh, even in the hallowed hallways of, of Everine University, that saying what you feel all the time is not necessarily virtue. Uh, <laughs> learning to... Uh, to process it or learning how to say it in a gracious way. Um, you know, my, it's probably a wiser approach, uh, knowing that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, as James says. So, so um, as we go through this, how much should people be speaking out, in your opinion? Well, I think your rule about counting to 10 <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It is a good one. Um, because as Christians, what we want to do is we want to do good in the world. And um, so we should contemplate the best way we can do that. And I, and I think we live in a media age. And we see talking heads um, and talk show hosts and you know speaking their mind and 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 articulating positions that either we agree or disagree with and we sort of think that maybe we ought to be doing that too in our little world uh, but i don't i don't think everyone has that role i think that you know i'm, I'm glad there are opinion writers and opinion people because this you know they they articulate things in a strong way and you give and it's sort of a public debate and I'm, I think that public debate is probably necessary. But just like politics is something 
that is the main job of politicians, but not of every person. You know, I mean, it's like, the, if every discussion becomes political, or if every discussion is focused on that on which we disagree, then all of our lives are going to be um, in, in a ferment all the time. And so, at least for me, for me, I don't express political opinions. Um, it's just a rule of mine. I do not express political opinions in social media. Um, simply because I have something much, much more important that I want to communicate. And sometimes I, I do that in words, and sometimes I just do it by um, not saying something and just being there for people, uh, even if they're on different sides of an issue. Uh, I, I have another rule. Um, I think this is deeply Christian. Um, that is, most people are not evil, but everyone is weak. And so if we'll treat people as having a weakness rather than being, you know, deeply evil, so that, you know, it's an outrage if we don't speak out against it, um, then I think we might be better off. Uh, try to find a place where we could strengthen someone rather than the place where we could uh, touche, we could get them. Um, I, so, and, and I agree with your point too, when we hear about something that happens, um, a terrible thing, an unjust thing that happens across the country, I just don't think that I should be commenting on it. Um, and I don't think that makes me complicit. I just think it, I'm, I'm not in the position, I'm not a district attorney, um, I'm not in a position to have an influence uh, in what the outcome is. I would just sort of like, um, you know, somebody's got to say something uh, kind of feeling. And there may be a time and a place for that, but most of the time, we need to let those who are in that time and place do it rather than every single person, because we're going to make, we're going to have, wow, estrangement all over the place if we do that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I really appreciate you taking the opportunity to do this. Um, one more question before we go. To the person that, um, hmm, to the person that says, that's great. Uh, I'm glad you guys are, uh, you know, sitting around thinking about it, uh, whatever. Um, I'm going to go try to do something or, um, you know, the, the value of theology in a time like this yeah. is what? Well, theologic thought is, is meant to, again, take in the entire the entirety of our faith um, from creation and providence and Jesus' work as salvation and our future hope of redemption. It, a theologian is by definition a big picture person and has to give some perspective because whether it's a, 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 an, an outrageous social injustice 
or whether it's a doctrinal uh, error or heresy, things have to be put in perspective because we end up being pushing a heresy if we forget the big picture and just focus on one aspect. Um, and, and, and so the, the theologian says, let's, uh, let's calm down, let's think more uh, objectively about it, and let's ask, what does our faith say about this um, from, the, from the widest angle? And so that's what I tend to do. And, and also not only width, but depth. I think many of the hot button ethical, political issues of the day, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done because, but it's, it's, not, it's not just getting in the debate. It's, it's thinking at a deeper level because one of the great confusions today is the confusion and the lack of clarity of between what is political and what is Christian ethical. Mm -hmm because those two are run together uh, so much because you can hardly make a Christian ethical um, argument until someone accuses you of being involved in some kind of partisan politics. Yeah. Even when you're trying just to seek the will of God for how a Christian should live their life. Um, and um, on ethical issues, so many people, they don't think in terms of the big picture and the deepest level of what does it mean to do the right thing? How would one even uh, talk about that? And then they get up and then they talk, they, they talk about we should love everybody and we should tolerate everybody and we should let everybody make their own decisions and on and on. And when it, get, when it gets into that rhetoric, there's no argument at all. It's just, uh, it's just name calling. So my function is, I think, not to get involved in those surface uh, debates where there's no progress going to be made because the lines are already drawn, to go to a deeper analysis and look at three or four levels down and try to say, where did this thing go wrong? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, I just thank you so much for uh, being with us here on the podcast. I appreciate your ministry there on the campus. I appreciate uh, what you've uh, poured into me and so many others intellectually over the years. And um, I just think that you, in fact, I remember one night, uh, I'll close with this. I remember one night we were in your, I want to say doctrine of God class or, or the Christian faith. Emily was in that class with me at the time. I'm not, I don't even know if we were dating at the time, but um uh, I remember you talking about your your life and how you kind of made a conscious decision to delay some of the publishing and such that you were going to do because your your kids were in their real formative years and you were trying to devote yourself to being a good present father. Um, and, you know, I remember that 25 years later and, and in my own life, uh, those words have kind of continued to rattle around in there. When, so when opportunities have come my way over the years, I've tried to do the same thing and to be present for my kids. So it's little things like that. I want you to know, uh, those stick with people and you're doing extremely important work. So again, thank you for, for everything and for your friendship over the years as well. Um, God bless you, Ron. Have a great day. Well, thank you. And God bless the church there and your ministry and all the other ministers. You're doing great work. God bless. Mm -hmm.